Welcome to On the Couch with James Field and Ian Harris. It's episode number 30 for the 23rd of January, 2007. How are you doing, James? I'm fine, Ian. <laughs> Glad to hear it. Excellent. So we're on <sighs> podcast number 30. 30, woohoo. Which is... Uh, Coming of age, really. Yes. Yeah. Well, really, it's Indeed. like almost middle age these days. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to have your midlife crisis at 30. Now, first one. <laughs> first one, right, okay. Well, we're not going to have one now because we've got loads of news. It's only been a couple of days since the last CES roundup. We've got loads of news. Standard format, Ian, which is? Well, we're covering UK news, international, which is everywhere else in the world. Uh, content news, IPTV, mobile, gaming, and any other stuff. Any other weird, crazy stuff. That exactly. Mondo. Um, so, a bit of UK news, first of all. What's the big news in the UK? Well, kind of not the big news, but some news is about the UK TV license fee. Now, I don't know, in Australia, do you pay a license fee for TV? A license fee for TV? Kiss, kiss, eh, huh? you're what? saying. Um, <laughs> no. Well, it's a bizarre thing. In the UK, everybody who owns a TV set has to have a license. And uh, this license is actually pretty considerable, at £135, something like that. It's quite expensive and it's going to go up. They announced it's for it a year. Is that right? Per year. Wow. And if you own a set, it is illegal not to have one. They have these detector vans that go around. They used to detect, I think, the high voltage um, in the uh, the coils on the back, the residual voltage, so they could detect it all going on. They could see what you're watching. Wow. They'd knock on the door. But these days, they just assume that everybody has a TV. It's a fairly reasonable yeah. assumption. And so if there isn't a TV registered at your registered address, they'll send, uh, they can fine you or whatever. So right. you have to actually write to them and say, I do not have a television. Anyway, back so onto the, on the point. But I presume this is a historical thing from when they started television in the UK in 1950. Uh, I don't know. Well, but then the people who started broadcasting were the, um, the, the British BBC, British Broadcasting Corporation. Right. Uh, it's a, like, like PSB, I think, in the US, Public Service Broadcast. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it is for public service, but it's funded wholly by the taxpayer but I guess it was probably Separate some taxing it was probably some Prime Minister had this revelation hmm hang on we should try and collect money for this <laughs> so probably started um, off like, it was a stealth tax which is now there you know? so it's okay. it's been it used to be black and white there's a bizarrely there's a rebate for blind people you don't have to pay as much for TV <laughs> excellent it's true <laughs> excellent um, you pay less if you have a black and white set black and white is well. less but I think they maybe I'm not sure you can buy them anymore in the UK certainly but anyway so there, there is this scheme I think in other countries they adopt uh, obviously ex- ex-colonies clearly not uh, good old Australia but some of the places actually have a similar scheme where they collect money actually through the electricity company where it's oh, been really? because they, they figure out if you've got electricity in a lot of countries you get electricity to watch TV right uh, that's the okay. reason you get it so uh, they do collect the money but as the TV as the uh, power companies privatise uh-huh. they start saying I'm not going to collect this money for you government anymore right. and I guess payment rates and, and collection rates are pretty mm. low depending on where you mm. live but in the UK it's pretty much everyone pays and it's so uh, do you pay more if you have a 108 inch plasma no, no, there's no it's not per square inch it's oh, nothing right. like that so uh, don't worry don't worry uh, or not, neither for the number of sets and I think there's some provisors if you're a student living away from home or something like that you can have something there. but anyway the BBC's charter has been renewed not for 10 years as they were expecting but only for 6 years basically right. the government said the licence days are numbered you, we're not going to be collecting this forever you're going to have to stand on your own two feet clearly the BBC has a massive library of content and uh-huh. lots of inter- there's BBC I think it's uh, Worldwide which is a separate group 
mm-hmm. from BBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've obviously, I think they privatised uh, Red Bee, which is their um, Broadcast, consultancy, um, British yep. consultancy area. They privatised them, mm-hmm. sold them to Macquarie Bank a couple of years ago. Um, so now they're running on their own. And the government has basically said, you've got six years, which will obviously transition the switch-off period for analogue as well. Ah, of course. Yes. For them to work out how they're going to stand on their own two feet. And I think at the moment it's something like to... $2 billion or £2 billion a year is what they get in, in licence fee. So it's, cool. it's significant, which is no surprise. I mean, they're very, very good, world-renowned for having great programmes, oh, because they yeah. have massive funding. Yeah, have um, funding yeah. So uh, it just to, it's kind of UK news, but interesting how that reflects what on... Are they, what are they going to do once, once they can't crew, you know, get a licensing fee? Well, they'll start... start uh, at the moment, they're commissioning programmes. They might do it through advertising. They can syndicate their existing right. content they have. They can... Total. I guess BBC Worldwide is at the moment supplementing their income, but I guess mm-hmm. at some sense it has to justify it totally. And they can wow. bring in sponsorship. There's been a lot of move, I think, in the BBC, mm-hmm. uh, certainly since I've been in the UK for the last 18 months, year, two years or so. They've been... Um, Certainly introducing a lot of advertorials, which are advertising other BBC services, which they weren't allowed to do before. I see. So you, you'd get promos of other BBC events. Right. Uh, which is kind of weird because no one else can buy those slots. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah. So it's so, I mean, they, but I think it'd be quite easy for them to transition to commercial mm. television. Mm. If, if any commercial television is going to survive in the new connected, always on, on-demand world. But, uh, well, they're certainly putting a lot of, a lot of effort into yeah. being uh, an internet-based yeah. organisation. Um, but, um, and actually, you tried the 4OD service, which is more kind of UK, but maybe it's a bit yeah, contented. Yeah, so Channel 4 has a 4 on demand service called mm. 4OD. Yeah. So you go to 4OD.co.uk and download the download. And, uh, <laughs> the player, I guess. The, the player, yeah. But it's not just a player, it's a downloader and a content manager and a content really? catalog. Um, so it comes up pretty much like a web page. You can choose. Uh, current series, previous series, what's on there. You can also look at the TV guide and other bits and pieces, right. but fundamentally you uh, you can choose programs that you want to watch. Uh, and the last episode of most of them are, are free. Right. For example, I downloaded a copy of, what was it called? Ugly Gertrude? No, Ugly, someone ugly or something. Ugly Betty is what it was. Oh, yes, right. Which is apparently a <laughs> very popular up-and-coming TV Did you see show. my eyes? Did you hear my eyes roll there? <laughs> Ugly Betty. Anyway. Uh, yeah, and so it then downloads, which it actually downloaded pretty quickly. Right. And uh, then I could play this show, and it looked pretty good. I think it's an adaptation of a Latin American telenovela. Correct. So you know more about this than you're letting on. Yes, maybe. Uh, so it's, uh, and the quality was not quite as good as DVD, but not as bad as normal web stuff that you see around right, the place. Right, so full res. Pretty, uh, pretty res. And how long did you have to wait on your Ooh. super broadband day? I would say it was only about 10 minutes. Yeah, so you can start watching it whilst it's downloading? or No, you have to wait until it's finished. And it's 10 minutes to download a half hour program or 26 minutes, I guess. Or yeah, yeah, that was about that's Pretty about good right. going. And then you can, uh, it's protected using uh, Windows Media. So you could just strip that with that little utility. Off and then save it somewhere else <laughs> if you wanted to. Uh, and then you could watch it. So it's, uh, again, another uh, way of trying to monetize programs after the event. So you can buy... So the, the last episode you just missed was free, but, but if you want to go back... That, it's 99 pence wow. to buy a program. If, like the week before last, more than seven days or Correct, something. Correct, but you can only watch it for 24 hours mm-hmm. over and over until... And then it's, it stops being available to you. So you have only got 24 hours to rip it. How inconsiderate! Advocating any of that, yeah, but, but so. how inconsiderate! Uh, well, that's interesting. Super duper. Um, international news. Uh, moving mm-hmm. on. I guess we'll come back to a bit more content news in a second. Um, in uh, 
India. There's a lot of DTH operations starting up in India. Um, so got DTH the direct-to-home um, satellite, is that what Direct-to-home satellite, sorry, right. yeah. Uh, or it could be other people. Direct-to-home could be anything. It could be just addressable, direct-to-home, something like mm-hmm. that. Um, but there's, it's been quite a, a change in the market there. There's uh, the, the BBC equivalent, in fact, Dordashan, right. which is the... Uh, the main national broadcaster there has a has a DTH service satellite service up. Um, uh, ZTV have got their service up as well called Dish TV, uh, mm-hmm. not to be confused with the North American Echo Star service, also called Dish TV. Um, but in uh, in India, that's been up for a couple of years. Uh, Tata Sky has launched, I think, uh, September or something last year, mm-hmm. and uh, Sun TV, which is I think based, if I, my memory serves me correctly, in the southern part of India. Uh, exactly has, a stack of operators. Yeah, I mean it's a massive country, over a billion Literally, people. Yeah. Um, and uh, so Sun TV has launched a direct, or stated they're going to do a joint venture with Astro, which is a Malaysian um, mm-hmm. direct home operator with over a million subscribers in Malaysia. And uh, mm-hmm. they also happen to be a part of a conglomerate that owns satellites and things as well. Right. Miasat satellites. So Miasat is doing a, uh, I think a, uh, a joint venture in this other pay TV operator from Sun in India. So mm. looks like, and I've heard of other ones that are sort of coming up there. So there could be four or five direct home satellite operators in India, and it's wow. a bit strange there because they're all supposed to carry the same programs as well, like by law or by law. Yeah, it's like everyone and sell it at the same price. So <laughs> okay. going to be a bit of a bun fight there, I think. And I guess I it's going to so. come down to customer service and uh, presentation, these kinds of things. Mm. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to watch. Um, so certainly, I think a big year in India for satellite television and pay TV as a whole because the regulations have all changed there mm. as of the beginning of this mm. year where even the cable guys have to start offering uh, digital cable as well. Wow. Um, so it's interesting been primarily times. cable in India. Uh, I think there's, right? well, there's about, I think, in excess of 30,000, 40,000 cable operators in India, but they often are like, yeah, mum and pop Jeez. little guys running stuff in analog. Right. But clearly, those guys have to sort of do something to offer tiered services. In analog, mm. you just get everything. There's no right, tracks. Okay. There's no set of boxes at all. So they need to upgrade the infrastructure. Uh, okay. There's a lot of large players in the big cities, but in a small town or village, you know, there's still probably a cable waller. But he's not, uh, you know, he's not actually uh, working within the law in many cases. Right. He's he's uh, he's the he's the BitTorrent equivalent for your Indian <laughs> village. Um, Interesting. Okay. Yes. So lots of action happening yeah. in India. Content news. Um, you've got a little bit of content news about uh, Nielsen, the measurement guys. Yeah. So Nielsen spend their lives measuring what people watch on TV. And in the beginning of time, um, back a million years ago, they used to measure it by getting people to write down in little notebooks what people were watching. Yep, diaries and stuff. Yep. Uh, these days it's all done completely automated in, in and it's quite amazingly clever to the point of uh, they monitor set the boxes and, and can even tell by connecting little devices to televisions what people are watching. Yep. Um, so it's all so I've heard automated. they have little pager things as well which listen to sub-audio tones on the channel. So even if you're in the room, it can really it knows good, yeah. what channel you're, you're listening to. Really quite amazing... Well, technology yeah. stuff. So the, the latest incarnation of technology allows them to measure when people actually watch ads on DVRs. Right. Now, this is interesting because uh, last year in the US when they had, uh, it's it's called um, the pre-sell, where the major networks go to sell in advance the uh, all the advertising space mm-hmm. to in big blocks. Like the Super cheaply. Bowl or something like yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like big big amounts of like for a whole series or something like that. Okay. And they sell that in advance at cheaper prices and so it's a bit of a So buy in advance, get a better deal. Exactly. Kind of but of course 
if you're buying an advance like this, you, you need to know what sort of um, what's the expected number, audience, what so number yeah. people are going to watch. Yes, so yeah, they yeah. they so they appeal to the Nielsen organisation to tell the advert what's going to right to try and uh, work out what's going to happen. But the difficulty last year was that uh, the networks were saying, "Look, uh, we want to charge you for all the live viewing, plus we want to charge you as well because we know that people are going to watch this on a DVR after the fact." So it's kind of a bonus, not not a discount, but a bonus to say. Not only this, but more. That's right. Um, so they were upping the charges for advertising, essentially. Mm. And all, all the uh, people who purchase advertising were saying, no, 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 you can't prove it. That's rubbish. Everyone oh, but this is because ads. they started measuring it last year, right? So they've got some data to go on from That's last year. That's preliminary data, but it wasn't. Um, it so was but at least they've got something to guess yeah. on it, if they did it. You so know. Nielsen have now come out with uh, enough data to fill a battleship about this stuff, but they're actually only releasing it to the public uh, two weeks after this pre-sale starts mm. so it's a bit too late for this year but it's uh, next and that's uh, looking at the categories here in the report we've got like live live plus dvr playback on the same day and then live plus playback on day one day two three and seven days so lots of extra data lots of extra information <laughs> which is irrelevant because some yeah. ads only matter on the day like you know if you're advertising yeah. a sporting event or something it yes. only matters on the day if it's a week later who cares if you watch the ad or not it doesn't matter and no one's doing local substitution yet in ads in, in the DVR correct. where they could swap the ad based on when you watched it or whatever I guess correct I guess that's the next makes a, next a whole new layer of complexity in, in placing ads and I guess selling ads as well as well as choosing where to put your ads correct now I think the, the interesting thing that I think will come out of this my prediction is that this could backfire a little bit Mm-hmm. I mean, the reason why Nielsen's been pushed to start measuring the ads is because has been the uh, network saying, hey... We've got all these DVRs. People, yeah. We've got all these DVRs. People yeah. watch the ads, la, la, la. Well, um, people don't watch the ads. That was a big argument, right? people watch the ads, you but know, never mind. We want you to know. know. The, yeah. the situation is still status quo. Yeah. But what happens if we actually find out that people not only don't watch the ads on DVRs, but in fact, they watch the programs but don't watch the ads on live TV either? Because you can measure that now for the first time. Well, so by just watching slightly less than live and fast forwarding, kind of thing. Well, you know, going up and going and making a cup of tea. Oh, yeah, stepping out of the room, that kind we, of stuff. Which is something that they, had, they haven't been able to measure before. Well, because in the past, it's been pretty much if you're watching Desperate yeah. Housewives, then you must have watched the ads during Desperate Housewives. But I think that must be part of the general ethos of advertising because you've got to assume during the commercial break, people go and make a cup of tea, get a beer, well, you know, go to the bathroom. All, yeah, you know. Maybe they take a percentage of this, but now we'll actually be able to know exactly how many people don't watch the ads. So I think it'll be interesting to see what yeah, the effect is. Yeah, which is a bit of a reversal. I thought the main thing was the to measure who has watched the ads, not <laughs> no, who hasn't watched them. <laughs> well, how many, yeah, how many people do actually watch the ads yeah. who haven't actually left the room? Turning the world upside down, the interesting, DVR. Interesting. Okay, so content news. What else is happening? Content oh, yes. Um, saucy? Some of, I guess f- saucy indeed. <laughs> um, a bit of feedback I heard from uh, after CES was that we talked on the last episode... Um, Snow in Vegas about HD and Blu-ray and whether there was a battle. I think since that, uh, I heard and read some stuff about how uh, the adult entertainment industry uh-huh. had um, basically jumped in uh, into bed with uh, HD DVD. <laughs> right. Um, so in terms of the format between format wars between Blu-ray and HD DVD, they're saying we think HD, HD DVD, DVD is uh, a lower cost format for some bizarre reason, uh-huh. uh, and so they're going to go with that. So why uh, is that significant, do you think? Well, because uh, if you look at the adult entertainment industry, they've driven a lot of developments. I think there, there, there were stories about people drawing parallels with Betamax and VHS. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly the, a lot of the press has. And uh, apparently one of the reasons VHS was successful was, again, the adult entertainment industry oh, adopted right. VHS as a distribution medium. So 
Uh, and there, there are many other examples of technology where the adult entertainment industry has chosen a certain technology and that's the way it's gone. I mean, wow. maybe that's why we have high-resolution television today. <laughs> that's right, HD, <laughs> HD television. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? But I mean, it's, a, it's certainly... I, it's one of these topics that no one really talks about a lot, but it's very anecdotal and you could see why yeah. it probably could lead. Because, I mean, pay television as a whole is driven by live sports, mm-hmm. movies, and adult entertainment. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the three category formats which really drive people to adopt and pay for television. So, um, similarly for other um, content distribution medium, it's going to be important there as well. So, but it is, uh, as you say, something that people don't talk about. So, it's kind of anecdotal and a bit... Um it's one of those things that people assume mm. is true but don't necessarily know. It's like I'm sure there are PhDs on it. You know, <laughs> the, the role of technology in in the adult entertainment and its influence on the technology industry. So um, I'll be looking that one up. <laughs> indeed. Uh, okay. Um, IP television. Now we've had this is off in the last year a lot of hype, but not much sort of stories about it. Now there's a couple of things that have come out. Uh, just in the last week since the last episode, um, the Venice Project has renamed itself to. Juiced. As uh, in, <laughs> I had an orange and then I. No, it. no, no. I think it's the uh, it's the Netherlands sort of thing, isn't it? Juiced because it's kind of they're based in the Netherlands. I think J O O S T. Juiced. Oh right. Anyway, tell us about the service here. What is it? What's it all about? Okay, what is so Juiced was the Venice Project, which I actually had a look at the uh, a beta demo of the Venice Project, uh, and essentially it's. Watching television on your computer is the first incarnation of it. Right. Doesn't sound too exciting. Uh, but what they're trying to do is the same thing that Skype did for uh, tele- telephony. Right. Juiced is trying to do for television. So VoIP, IPTV. Correct. So it's the next step for these guys. It's the same guys that did Skype. So they're thinking, hmm, television? Mm-hmm. We can do something with that. And so they're setting up an infrastructure where instead of distributing everything from a central point in a kind right. of tree hierarchy where everything gets yeah. broken down to smaller and smaller caches mm-hmm. on the edges yep. of the network. They're actually using peer uh, peers to cache the content and then transfer it to other peers. So, for example, if you're watching yeah. a program and I'm watching a program, then you might get it first. And you so how many gigabytes of my drive does Juiced want to give t- other people's stuff? Uh, well, there's an interview <laughs> with the CEO that we've got here, so yeah. Frederick DeWall. 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 Uh, and uh, he doesn't. Sp- he clearly doesn't specify, um, mm. other than saying that we aim to take over the. W- oh no, that's uh, <laughs> that's different. That's your other plan, Ian. The other plan. <laughs> um, but uh, e- e- the idea is that um, they're trying to. They're calling it a hybrid system, so they do have a centralized server from mm-hmm. which everything streams in Luxembourg. Is that some in special I don't kind know of? Why it's in Luxembourg? Mm. Maybe the, I think there were lots of uh, Radio Luxembourg was a famous <laughs> oh, uh, right. pirate radio station <laughs> in the early days where. And they would broadcast into Europe, so maybe it's a they have more liberal media laws in uh, in Luxembourg. But they've signed up, uh, you know, real live content mm. providers like BBC, or it might be they want MTV. to buy the rights for Luxembourg for the programming and say it's all in Luxembourg. All oh, right, so we'll have really low rights rather <laughs> than the entire internet rights, <laughs> just because it happens to be on. Yeah, it could be something like that. So I think it's interesting because it really does break the the idea that everything has to be streamed exactly live all mm. at the same time across the whole network. Because if I'm watching a program, does it really matter if I get it, you know, 30 seconds behind you or behind someone else? Well... If it's not live sports, then... Which they're not going to get the rights for, so... <laughs> so, why does it matter? Yeah. So, they're trying to uh, take advantage of what they call the mid-tail content, as in... Not very good and, <laughs> and not very bad. <laughs> Mediocre content. Um, I'll leave that to your imagination. Um 
uh, so that uh, people will sign up, watch television, and it's ad funded. So they're. Yeah, mm. Do you see the ads on the demo, or just it I was just spliced ads. in ads or whatever? Mm, but they okay. expect to be able to do it on a uh, 512 megabit kilobits, kilobits, kilobits. Yeah, but we recommend a megabit, they say. just in case. Just in case, <laughs> if you want to listen to the audio as well. It's the, right. uh, interesting. I mean, it sounds like a good idea, um, but it's got I, an awful lot of press. But I think mostly because it's Skype. from the Skype guys. Yeah, yeah. Because there's another group called Babelgum. Yeah, who are like a Me Too thing. Who pretty much said Me Too, Me Too. We're doing the same. Yeah. We're doing the same thing, only better. Uh, Apparently, the website for signing up looks exactly the same as the old Venice project, and it's just a complete yeah. clone in some way. Maybe it's maybe it's a parody saying you know actually anybody can do this. It's not particularly clever. Although having this. The content right deals and this probably this big server super node farm thing in uh, Luxembourg is important. But uh, well, the difference I guess with Babelgum is that unlike how much did uh, Skype sell to eBay for? It was loads, four billion. A lot of pizzas, a lot of pizzas. Like uh, Babelgum is funded by one of the bosses of Fast Web, right in Italy, who's in the Italy. IPTV. Yep, Silvio Scargalia. All right. Scalia. Uh, and he is, he sold, st- is he an ex-boss of FastWeb or is he currently the boss? Well, he sold 220 million euros worth of shares, but he still holds 18.75%. Wow. Uh, so he's certainly got a stack left over. So yeah. just, I don't know how much he had to sell to get 220 million, but it's probably enough to yeah, buy I mean, FastWeb is, I think, one of the leading ISPs and mm. IPTV provider. Or, uh, ISP, certainly, and they've got Nearly half a million TV subscribers, I right, think, in okay. Italy as well. So. so they're doing all right. And I've uh, I've signed up for the beta program, so hopefully okay. we'll be able to... Take a looky-see. Have a look and see. Compare see and contrast like. with okay. Juiced over over the next... Have you actually got the software and stuff, or is it... And not yet. I've signed up, and they've, they're they deciding on their beta partners. Okay. <laughs> see if I qualify. <laughs> I'm sure you will, Ian. I'm sure you will. Um, now, moving on to mobile. Um, mm. We talked about this uh, Virgin Lobster mobile. Um, yeah, the kind a few of episodes ago, didn't we? Yeah, it looks a bit like a lobster claw, kind of. Um, you've got a, something here you've said that um, we, we surmised then that it probably wouldn't be a raging success. Um, were we right? Well, was it a cracker? Rumour has it that we were possibly close in our uh, assumption there. You, you've got, mm-hmm. what does that actually say in this little report we have here? Well, um, considerably less than 10,000 units. Which, um, I'd say that's a flop in. Uh, um, Why would that be, though? Why would... I mean, they had Pamela Anderson advertising it. Really? Which surely is enough to sell anything, really. <laughs> no? Yeah, it's weird. I mean, it's a branch British Telecom as well. So maybe it just doesn't... Maybe it was badly packaged. Uh, I mean, they're saying it used DAB, not DVB-H, but the technology can't be to blame for, here. I mean, for a user, they don't care about the technology. Yeah, they just care uh, about... And, and also, it's a chunky... Content. It's chunky. It's not cool. Right. You know, and... It, in contrast with this, um, we've seen Prada and LG announce this Prada phone. Right, the one that looks like an iPhone, but isn't. Well, it's like an iPhone, but twice as fat. <laughs> <laughs> but it's got a Prada logo on it, uh-huh. so that's okay. Um, but this is, I mean, people tending to go for cool-looking phones. I mean, I'm Absolutely. I'm a bit of a geek. I'm not going to go for it. Well, maybe I would go for a cool-looking phone if it was if it was cool and it was geeky. Uh-huh. Yes, iPhone. Um, yes. But uh, generally, I'm not going to say, "Oh, that's a nice phone. I'll have that one." Um, yeah, it's not the phone you pick up and fall in love with, is it? Exactly. I'm looking for a phone which has the right features that fit into the way I want to use it, mm-hmm. not something which looks really cool and has Prada written on it. Um, right. So uh, I've also seen some stuff about the iPhone saying that maybe the actual bill of materials, one of these like iSupply or someone has taken uh-huh. the thing apart and said, 
they reckon the phone hardware wise is costing about two hundred and sixty dollars, something like that. So what are they selling for? Four nine nine for the basic one. Okay. It's two sixty for the four gig and I think uh, two eighty or something for the, the eight gig. So hundred percent right. pretty much or eighty percent. Eighty percent markup. So oh, true, yeah. uh, there's a bit of fat in there, but um bit bizarre so i guess the lobster phones they'll be selling off lobster phones giving them away soon <laughs> with nothing to watch though presumably as a bespoke maybe uh, weird a shame but I, i've always had my doubts about watching maybe watching pamela on a small screen they wouldn't fit would they anyway um <laughs> where no, are just we wouldn't fit. uh okay so we you've got your wee story have you been weeing this week uh, i've have just you got hold of wario wears smooth moves which is supposed to be a very Wario. cool... I, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, Mario or what? No, Wario, as in W-A-R-I. Okay, is this a lunchtime purchase? <laughs> so you haven't, you haven't uh, played with it yet, so to No, speak. no, not yet. Okay. Just hot off, the, uh, hot off the gaming counter. Wild. Uh, and it's supposed to be like a whole bunch of little mini-games that okay. use the Wii controller in its various forms. Oh, yeah, I think I've heard about in this. very silly Like ways, a fairground so kind of thing. You can yeah, go so and hit bunnies on the head in a hole. It's supposed to be lots of fun, so I'm going to give that a crack this yeah. weekend. So, and you're hoping to get buffed up like this guy. I'm yeah. going to get fit, uh, because I've now seen that all you need to do is play with your Wii for 30 minutes a day, and uh, our friend... My mother warned me about that. <laughs> Our friend here, Mickey DeLorenzo, uh, a Philadelphian, has uh, lost about four kilos or about nine pounds for by just playing his Wii for 30 minutes a day for 30 days. And uh, living not, normally, other than that, he said. Drinking, uh, eating chocolate cake, all the usual stuff, but uh, just playing with his Wii. Yeah. Uh, now... All this really proves is that if you do a small amount of exercise each day, you're going to lose weight. <laughs> he's Details. managed to gain international fame by Point. doing it. Taking photographs of himself, half naked, standing in his hallway. <laughs> Which clearly, that's something I need to do. <laughs> <laughs> I moved my feet, I used full body motion, and I swung my arms to mimic real the real thing, he said. Apparently, boxing is the uh, uses the most calories. Yeah. Well, that's a well-known fact, really, isn't it? So I, we, I'm, as you say, I I'm, do a bit of exercise, either eat less or do exercise. These are well-known ways <laughs> of losing, getting fit and losing weight. But I guess the point here is that uh, the Wii is really getting people off the couch. I mean, we, we're on the couch. We're on the couch, yes. The Wii's, and there's a, a quite a well-known Flickr, which is a website where you can yeah. look at people's photos, a big collection of people playing the Wii in all sorts of poses, and they're all mm. up and about doing things. So yeah. it really has yeah. changed the way people uh, enjoy their games. Bizarre. I really must have a go sometime. You should indeed. I'll, yes. I'll lend you my Wii if you like. <laughs> you can have a play. <laughs> You'll love it, I'm sure. <laughs> um, and you've, you've got your locate thing as well. I do. Yeah, I do. tell I, me about that. You, have it, you got it with you? I have attached my key. Can actually. you find it? <laughs> yeah, I don't have the locate thing. Let me grab my keys. I'm intrigued to see how... This is... Uh, Ian was telling us about this on the last episode about this thing that you can attach little clippy things to uh, the things. And you can... Um, Right, so that's that's the. This is very small. So is this a little tiny attachment that you attach to things? You can oh, so this isn't the findy thing. This is the. This is the findy thing. Oh, so, so but if does that when you get close to something, does that go? No, beep? no, that there's little holes in it. Does it beep or something? <laughs> it beeps and flashes a light when you're looking to find it. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, and the finding device, which tells is, you how far away you are, tells you how far away and, and gets louder and beeps in different frequencies oh, as cool. you move it closer to find it. And it's elastic. Indeed, very cool. It is. So now I'm never going to lose my keys again unless I lose the thing that finds the keys. Brilliant. 
So does that emit something? Can it be tracked? Can we track you Must using? Be tracked, yes. Is there a security <laughs> issue where we can track you and all your all your belongings? You can actually set it up so that if it moves a certain distance away from the fine, it the alarms finder off, thing, yeah. it goes off. So wild. That's very, very cool. complicated. Well, I hope you won't lose anything again. Well, at least I know where I am. Brilliant. I like to say, wherever <laughs> I am, no. <laughs> wherever I go, there I am. GPS enabled. That's us. Fantastic. Well, uh, I think that brings us pretty much to a conclusion here on episode 30, coming of age episode. Indeed. And uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you. We've got loads more news. So uh, send us some feedback in the meantime. Yep. And we've heard a few. Good to hear people listening. Great. So uh, send it to feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com. Yep. Tell your friends. Yeah. Vote for us on Dig. Review us on iTunes. And uh, we'll catch you next week. Fantastic. Cheers now. Bye.